Tonight here at, at Ground Zero meetings, we're going to continue down our ABC series, and tonight's letter is U, and we're going to talk about under. That for the most of my life, I was under different things. You know, I was in bondage, but I was under the influence of alcohol and drugs. You know, I was being pressured in different ways, you know, without realizing it, that, that there was, you know, bondage on my life. I was in bondage. I was under this oppression. And, you know, without the freedom of Christ, we stay in these dark places. You know, that our nation declares that we're one nation under God. But I would be so bold to say that we're many nations under many gods today. That when this nation was founded, you know, they did a lot of despicable things, but it stood for something. That they were trying to break free from religion. You know, that they were trying to break free from the state and the, and the religious control of, of Europe or England. You know, and they came over here you know, and they were trying to do something, you know, and America was created in some ugly ways, but in some other ways, it's created a nation that every other nation on the, on the earth looks up to. You know, I've traveled around the world and everyone looks up to Americans in a very strange way because it's, it's like an undue respect, you know, that you come from America, you know, you're free, you know, you're rich, you know, and it's difficult to see those things, you know, because not everyone realizes that America's not perfect. You know, a lot of refugees that came here thought that, you know, all the Christians that were here were like super Christians. You know, and they got here and they realized that we're very carnal Christians. That we don't read our words and we're in sin and we, we disobey the word of God. And it was very confusing for some of them. You know, I've had some conversations and they don't understand how American can be, you know, a Christian nation. And yet we don't represent Christ all that well. But I would care to say in the last, specifically at least 20 years, there's been a significant decline to the church, its authority, and the Christian family systems. You know, because we're under oppression in this country. Because we, we have drifted from the word of God. You know, and on some level, you know, that it goes back to the fact that we're not really reading our Bibles. You know, for us to truly become a, a great nation again, that we truly have to repent and seek God and turn from our evil ways, but we can't do that if we're not partnering with Christ. So that we're under sin. 
and we're under this obligation to continue to sin because we're carnal in nature and we have this sin nature and we're not truly under the authority of Scripture and under the authority of God that we have yet to truly submit ourselves to what God is calling us to. One is a nation, one is a church, and one as individuals. That the crazy thing is that we, we want America to change. And a lot of times we think that this person or that person or the next election or this church or that church is really going to make a significant impact. And it's not that they can't make some impact, but truly it's when God's people turn their face to God as a whole is when nations change. You know, and it's really up to us individually to say, you know what, I am going to come under the authority of, Christ, uh, of Scripture and I'm going to allow Jesus to convict me, strengthen me, encourage me, and lead me according to His Word. And I can't really look left or right. I have to put my face like Flint to Christ and say, I am going to live the Bible according to what the Spirit of God is leading me to and what Scripture is guiding me to. And I am going to come under the authority of the Bible so that I can become who Christ is calling me to. You know, and you see this same spirit begin to, to, to stir in different populations throughout time and that we would call them revivals or awakenings. And it was a small group of people that decided to repent and say, you know what? I'm going to live according to what the Word says. Despite what the country's doing, despite what politics are doing, despite what the banks are doing, despite what the church is doing, I'm going to come under the authority of Christ and I'm going to press into Him and I'm going to say, where this takes me, I have no idea and it scares the life out of me. But I know that I don't want my old life. I don't want to continue in this way. I don't want to be you know, a lukewarm Christian. I don't want to, to be on the fence. I don't want to be dabbling in sin and, and, and trying to get free. I don't want to, to be playing both sides. But when we're under oppression, it's truly hard to come under the authority of Scripture because one of the greatest things that the enemy wants us to do is not read our Bible. You know, so one, we to get out from underneath the influence of the enemy and the influence of sin is that we need to repent and bring light into darkness. That a lot of times we do repent and a lot of times we, we are trying to change. But how often do we come into relationship with someone and say, this is my issue and I want to be held accountable? That I can't do this on my own. I am powerless to change myself. I've tried over and over and over again. And left up to my own devices. I will try. And when things get difficult or a crisis happens or a trial happens, I find myself staying in oppression. And is it the enemy's fault? No, I have a rut. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday, you know, and they're giving the devil way too much credit. 
And I'm, I don't believe that the enemy has that much authority. I think that we give it to him. That we say, you know, the devil made me do it. No, we didn't. I think once upon a time, our sin nature is like wind-up toys that we got click, 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 and all of a sudden, I'm just doing this and sin. And the enemy, like, we give the enemy credit, and he's like, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. You're glorifying me in your sin nature. You're giving me credit when I'm not really doing anything, but you're also opening the door for the oppression to flow through because I still have this mentality that I can't get free because it's somebody else's fault. So I can blame this and I can blame that, but it's not until I truly repent, which means I am accepting the decision-making process of saying, you know what, I'm a wretched sinner and I need a Savior. And it's only that way that we can come out from under the authority of sin in our life and come into the authority of Christ as our Savior, but then will we make Him our Lord? You know, a lot of us want to go to heaven, but we don't want to live according to what the Word is asking us to live. You know, and you can, you can argue that battle and people try for the, the remainder of their lives. You know, He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my King. He's my, you know, but yet, are we really letting our relationship with Jesus and the Word of God direct our steps towards real freedom, that we walk in authority, that we walk with the inheritance of God's kids? Or are we just saying I'm a Christian and going through the motions of church? I can't do it. And many of you can't do it. You know, many of you are reading and many of you are praying and many of you are getting into relationships and many of you are, you know, getting into these accountability relationships and, and we're starting to walk in freedom but what's that little area that I still justify and make excuses for? Because that's still under the authority of sin or oppression. And it's, I still won't bring that under the authority of Scripture because, well, the Bible was written a long time ago and God doesn't really care if I'm doing that. And we have these reasons that we won't fully commit and come under what God has called us to. You know, there's a principle that was taught to me is that until you come under, you can't get over. So often we're trying to get breakthrough or overcome, but we don't want to come into these relationships of spiritual authority. You know, as a very broken man, as, as a man who grew up without, you know, a strong father figure, you know, as a rebellious kid who basically didn't listen to any of the rules that, you know, I've been breaking the law since I was a little kid, you know, that I wouldn't allow authority to tell me what to do, you know, which ended up leading me down this path of life that I find myself in an orange jumpsuit having someone tell me what to do all the time. So the authority that I'm running from, I find myself in absolute authority where I'm told to get up when and go to bed when and eat when and shower when. I'm under that authority structure because I'm incapable of following the law. 
So as I continue to try to get sober and trying to do it my way, I found myself continuing to fall on my face because I was still trying to lead myself. And I had to come to the conclusion that I don't lead myself very well. You know, and step three talks about turning your will over to God as, as you understand Him. You know, and I always kind of checked it off as, well, I believe in God. But what do you believe about God has a lot to say of where you're headed. You know, if I believe God doesn't care that I am in sexual sin, then I have a God that allows me to stay in the oppression in that way. You know, if I have a God that, that does what I tell him to do, that he's under my authority, I'm not under his. You know, if I have a God that doesn't really care that I read the Bible, then I can't use that as an authority in my life. So how do I change? You know, it's a God of my understanding. So it's me in the sky with superpowers. So basically, I get to do whatever I want. I pray my will to be done. And when it doesn't happen, I'll just do it myself anyway. You know, and after I bumped my head enough times and I got some sobriety and went back out and got some sobriety and went back out, you know, I came to the conclusion that I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, I can recite a bunch of stuff. But I don't know how to apply it to my life. You know, it, and it was told to me that the next level of your sobriety is on the other side of the suggestion that you won't take. <laughs> and I instantly, you know, there's these things that are popping in my head just as there's things popping in your head right now. Why won't I do it? I'm not willing. But aren't we supposed to be honest, open-minded, and willing? We get, I get so far, and I'm not willing to do what somebody's asking me to do. But I, I try to get into these you know, relationships with accountability partners or sponsors or pastors or my spiritual sister, my spiritual mom or dad, or however you want to word it. And yet when they ask me to do something I don't want to do, like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I create these reasons of why I don't want to do it. And I find some real spiritual reasons so I can sound real holy when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> and then we wonder why we keep hitting our head in the same spot in life. You know, I think that, you know, the, the model of the Israelite nation walking through the wilderness is very similar to us. You know, this world is the wilderness. You know, and we keep looking over our shoulder to Egypt and complaining about authority. That we don't want to submit to the spiritual authority in our lives and we, we you know, criticize and we cast judgment on the, the men and women that have been placed in our lives so that we, we make it so that we don't have to listen to them and we still try to do it our way and these rebellions start to, to stir up in our lives and we wonder why these crazy things keep happening. And then when it doesn't go the way we want it to go, we're like, I should have just went back to Egypt. Why couldn't I just go back to sin and not feel the conviction of it anymore? Why did I have to be awakened? Why did Jesus have to take away my fun? Why can't I have the blue pill? 
Why can't I go back into the matrix? Why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? So we continue to live this life of excuses because we don't want to come under the authority. Although it, it, it gets given to us in advice or suggestions. But, <clears throat> you know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous isn't really suggestions, it's directions. The Bible isn't suggestions, it's directions. But yet we, we take it in such a manner like, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, God said it's a big deal. Well, yeah, but it was written a long time ago. So I make these excuses of why I, can, I like these scriptures that make me feel real good about myself, but I don't like these scriptures that make, convict me very much. So I make these excuses, and I don't come under authority of people or of the Bible because I'm still rebellious in nature, and I still want to run the own, my own show. I want to be in control. I don't want to be submitted. But if I don't come under, I can't overcome you know, and you, you step outside of even Christianity and you just look at the model of recovery until I had allowed a sponsor to begin to teach me how to walk in sobriety. I come under his direction or her direction. I keep falling on my face a lot and wondering why I can't stay sober and I blame the program. But I'm not living according to the directions of the program. You know, and then you, you fast forward for me, you know, out of recovery into Christianity. And in my first go of it, I was still just using Jesus to get sober. Well, Jesus doesn't care if I steal stuff, and Jesus doesn't care if I do this, and Jesus doesn't care if I sleep around, as long as I'm not doing it with Christians. <laughs> like, I have my own rule system. I don't know anything about Christianity, but... I'm just going to take the way I live life and plug it into that you know, structure and be like, I'm just going to keep doing whatever, whatever I want. But if I pray in Jesus' name, he gives me the desires of my heart. I like that scripture. There's a lot of stuff I want in Jesus' name. Why isn't it coming? Because my will does not align with God's will. I'm not under, and I'm not in his will. Not under his authority and in his will, will, but yet I'm expecting him to do what I want him to do and give me the blessings and take all the pain away. I shouldn't have any trials, you know, oh, abracadabra in Jesus' name. But yet, he uses these things in our lives where we bump our heads and we, we go through difficult times to teach us that our way still doesn't work. And a little bit of Jesus and a lot of me still doesn't work. And a lot of Jesus and a little bit of me still doesn't work. That Jesus plus anything is nothing. That if I'm still using Jesus to get what I want, Jesus isn't in that place where I'm under his authority. I'm still trying to manipulate him to get what I want. You know, but the crazy thing, the craziest thing is that God can't lie. So if I do start to align myself with some of these scriptures that his word does not come back void, that I can reap the benefit of his blessing and promises because I align myself with some things. But when I got one foot out of the kingdom and one foot in, at some point that one foot that's out of the kingdom is going to catch up to me. 
And that one foot that's still built on the sand is going to get washed away at one point or another and it's going to drag the other one right out the door with it. And then I'm going to wonder what happened to Jesus. And he's like, yeah, what happened to me? How much time did you spend in prayer? How much time did you spend reading your Bible? Well, yeah, um, I was busy. Yeah, me too. And the craziest thing is that it's always somebody else's fault when I mess up. When something doesn't go the way I think it is, I find someone to criticize or blame. Still to this day, I have to catch myself. But if I'm the chief critic, right? So if everything would just go the way I think it should, that Tom's world would be perfect and I would be blessed and I would be happy, has never happened in the history of Tom. How about you? Did you get what you wanted and were you happy? Did you walk away satisfied? No, we don't. We're just on to the next thing that might bring satisfaction. And usually it's not Jesus. But yet when we spend that time in prayer, and we spend that time in worship, and we spend that time before him, and we're a, a weeping, crying mess, we're like, more, Lord. We can have absolutely nothing. Our bills are not paid. Things around us are going absolutely insane. And we're in this place where we're like broken before him. And say, all I care about is Jesus. And the rest of the world disappears. And it's like in those moments when we're so broken that the only thing that we do is pursue Jesus is the only time that we're truly satisfied. And we can literally get up from that and change the, the station and go chase something else. And it's like, at least for me, I'm like, I baffle myself sometimes. Like, you were just hanging out with big guns. The Holy Spirit is crashing down around you. There's tears rolling from your face. And yet you're right on to the next thing that you're going to be disappointed by. Why can't I come under his authority completely? Because I'm a broken man and I need Jesus. We're broken individuals and we, we need God in our lives. And it's only when we finally say enough is enough. I'm done allowing this person, this thing, this excuse, my past, fill in the blank of the thing that we use to justify why I don't have to completely commit. And all the excuses because we didn't com completely commit or why Jesus isn't doing what I want him to do when I get angry at him that we have to really have a one-on-one -on -one with ourselves and say, wake up. It's time for me to surrender again. You know, I know everybody in the room tonight and everyone knows Jesus. They've had their moment. They've had their salvation. They've, they've had their, their breakthrough. That everybody in here knows Jesus. Maybe not everybody who's going to listen to this will know Jesus, but everybody that's sitting before me tonight knows Jesus. But yet, what, what's next? Can I rest on what happened yesterday or last year or five years, ten years ago or forty years ago? Can I rest on what Jesus did back then? Or do I need Jesus now? And the only way I can get back into this place of Jesus now is saying I'm going to come under what you want me to come under. And it might be difficult, and it might be scary, and I might have to let go of something. I might have to let go of somebody. And I say, I'm ready. 
I'm ready to do it your way. But partially, one of the greatest things that, you know, has to happen is that we have to come into relationship with people and come under authority of a person. And it's like baffles our minds that I can't just do it with Jesus alone. Typically, no. You know, and the crazy thing is that that no person is perfect. But without the spiritual leaders and the pastors that have been in my life, I would not be here. Without, you know, pastors telling me to, to, to do this or to not do that, I wouldn't be here. You know, there was a statement that was told to me a long time ago, and, it, and it's just, it's rung in my head ever since. Who in your life right now could tell you no, and you'd stop what you're doing, and not do the thing that you're about to do. And when that statement was told to me, or actually it was a group of us, it wasn't directed specifically at me, I instantly said, I've never let anybody come with you. And I will. I will not. I will not let anybody. And probably there's a handful of you that had that same statement right here tonight, just as I said that. But if we really look at the track record of ourselves leading our own lives who's the worst person that's been in our life ourselves I have led myself horribly into painful things and yet I think that I'm going to lead myself out of the next painful thing and all I do is lead myself into the, the next painful thing but then I look for someone to blame wait we'll blame Jesus You know, there's times that in my walk that I was asked to not do something or not be around certain people. And I got so angry. I'm going to leave. I'm going to listen. I got to get out of here. These people are trying to control me. I don't have to listen to them. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for like three seconds. I know everything now. <laughs> and yet, this statement comes ringing into my head. Who can tell you no, Tom? Like, Jesus, you're not allowed to chime in right now. <laughs> no cheating, Holy Spirit. Tom's will be done in the name of Jesus. Remember? That's how we're doing this these days. And yet we mask it so beautifully in some Christian mumbo-jumbo. And I look back at, you know, my walk with the Lord and, and the men and women that have walked next to me through the years. And it's been up and down. There's been some really rocky seasons. There's been some times where it seems like everything is going the opposite direction than towards Jesus. I've watched some really close friends walk away. And not just like walk away from, you know, GZM, but like walk away from the Lord. 
I've watched some people decide that they're going to do it their way and find themselves in some very difficult territory. I've ended up having to bury a few. One of my closest friends is in prison right now. You know, there's times that when we choose it to do it, we choose to do it God's way. We might lose some people that are real close to us. You know, there's people in my life that aren't in my life that I never would have imagined when I was a baby Christian that they wouldn't be here. That we're going to do this. We're going to serve the Lord together. But when crunch time happens and I want to do what I want to do, You know, the statement that I, I use and I believe it's true is that I'm so grateful that my feet obey Jesus way better than my brain. And I think it's only because my feet are supposed to be planted on the rock and I think they are, even though my head's full of rocks, that those rocks that are under my feet do a lot better than the rocks that are in my head. And there's times I wanted to run, like sprinter run out of this place. I gotta get away, I gotta run. And Jesus is always sit still. Trust me. And every part of me wants to, to take off. I don't want to submit to the Holy Spirit. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what my feelings are telling me to do. Because my feelings are always right. <laughs> and yet I have to allow truth to kick in. That my feelings aren't facts. And my emotions lie. And that I need to be in relationship with people. Even though I have trust issues. The only way to get over trust issues is to be in relationships with people that I learn to trust again. The only way that I learn that the Bible has power hooked to it is if I begin to obey it. That I come under the authority of Scripture and allow those Scriptures that, that seemingly hurt or convict or challenge to begin to shape my life. And then I realize that those promises that are hooked to the ones that I do like obeying... There's greater and bigger promises and breakthroughs and blessings hooked to those ones that are very difficult. Staying out of sexual relationships. It's difficult. But I've watched how God has been faithful and I watch as those that chase something that won't satisfy them end up in bondage and pain even though Jesus has set them free. You know, and we're sexual beings. You know, God has given us this desire. But yet, for me and many of us, that that thing got out of control in our early years. And it's been a wildfire ripping through our lives. And if we really go back to all the painful things that there's this sexual relationship right hand in hand with everything that was going on. And yet, if we come under the scripture or authority of Scripture and we begin to deny our flesh and refrain from that and, and truly believe that our body is the holy, you know, temple of the Holy Spirit, you may have some difficult days, hours, weeks, months, years. 
But I am so grateful today that that's where my life is. Because every time I've attached myself to a sexual relationship in my past, it's ended in very destructive, painful ways. You know, there's, there's principles all throughout the Bible that we avoid because they're difficult. Or we don't allow them to, to truly, you know, shape our character. But we have to begin to say, I know what areas are out of bounds. I don't technically need the Bible. I don't need a, a pastor. I know those areas. I don't even like them about myself. And yet it's time for us to say enough is enough and, and truly bring ourselves before Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to believe what you say over what I think. Because he loves us. You know, he thinks that we're worthy. You know, his word says he has a purpose and a plan for us, no matter what we've been through. And we have to begin to say, you know what? I'm going to allow myself to get into these relationships with people and start to build a relationship with a, a pastor or a sponsor, accountability partners, spiritual mom, spiritual dad, whatever phrasing you want to use. But then we only go as far as that they're submitted. There, there's, there's this principle of undercover. That, you know, being a pastor, there is an element of protection when you listen to me. When you don't listen to me and you have the umbrella and you're like, I have an umbrella, but I'm going to hold it over here and wonder why I'm wet. <laughs> <laughs> like, this rain really sucks. I like my umbrella. I have an umbrella, but I don't want to use my umbrella. That umbrella is only useful when I come into alignment with the umbrella. And many of us have relationships with umbrellas, but they're over there. And we wonder why these trials and tribulations and our lives are crazy. But we don't have real relationship with our umbrella. Because that would mean I would have to commit and surrender and I couldn't be as rebellious as I wanted to be. And I couldn't have this secret life that no one knows about. Mm -hmm. The problem with light is it exposes things. Mm -hmm. And the problem with close, intimate relationships is they expose things. Now, I can have a close in relationship with someone in sin, and guess what? Things get exposed, don't they? But I also can be exposed in light in a positive and healthy way. That we should have people that maybe don't not know every nitty-gritty little thing, but they should know enough to be able to look at us and say, what's wrong? And we actually have respect for that person and say, I'm actually going to tell you what's wrong, but I, I'm fine. I'm good. And yet 30 seconds ago, I was cursing the world because life's horrible and I don't want to tell anybody about it. <coughs> you know... But the way that this church is, is built and the way many churches are built is that there's an umbrella, an umbrella for an umbrella for an umbrella for an umbrella for an umbrella 
And what that makes is a tent. And that when you come under authority, you're coming under another authority, and you're coming under another authority, and you're coming under another authority. So you come into submission to, to what you know the church as a whole is doing. If there's healthy leadership, you're instantly protected, regardless of what you're struggling with in the beginning. But the idea is that I may be struggling when I get here, but the purpose of me being here is I'm not struggling the same way that I was when I got here six months from now, a year from now, five years from now. That I shouldn't be saying, you know what? I can't stay sober and I can't stop having sex. Well, how long have you been here? Well, like 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's wiggle room. It's called grace. Jesus doesn't expect us to be perfect. Wes, I knew he created us that way. And it really puts this thing inside of us. It longs for him. Everything that we've reached for in our entire life has left us broken and unsatisfied. He is the only one that leaves us filled and refreshed. And how I grow with him is growing with people. Now I promise you that every church out there around this world has faults because there's people in it. Every authority out there has faults because there are people. There is no perfect person. There is only one. His name is Jesus. If you get close enough to me, as many of these guys that live with me are, you will see a handful of faults, I promise you. I am not perfect. Far from it. I have a lot of things that need to be adjusted, I promise you that. <laughs> Don't laugh too loud. <laughs> but one thing that I do have is I want Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. I want Jesus to change my life. I want, I want to grow to be the man that Jesus is calling me to be. That's all I got to offer most days. And if you want to align with me and we'll chase Jesus together, I promise you Jesus will do some cool stuff. Yes, he does. And we're going to watch him do cool stuff when we think that he can't do cool stuff. And I would care to say that most of us in this room have had those moments where Jesus did some cool stuff and we were thinking that Jesus couldn't do some cool stuff. And yet here we sit, cool stuff. Because many of us don't believe that we should even be here. It's a miracle that most of us are even alive. And yet Jesus thought it fitting to spare our lives for something greater. And I cannot answer why some of us aren't here. You're going to have to talk to him when you get there. Well, why did this? And why did that? And I disagree with this. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm God. Okay, holy boom. Under your authority. I don't know why life happens the way it happens. All I do know is that Jesus has changed my life in such a manner that I want more Jesus. can't figure it all out. I don't have all the answers. There's a lot of things that are a mystery. There's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of things that, that I come across and I'm like, this shouldn't be this way. 
It should be different, Jesus. Why aren't you changing this, Jesus? Why does this have to be this way? Why couldn't it be that way? All right, Jesus, I'll do it your way. Because my way continued isn't working. I can only speak from my own perspective. I'm not up here trying to get you to do everything I tell you to do. Because I don't really work that way. Most of the time I ask you to, to figure it out anyway. <laughs> my famous line, did you pray about it? What's Jesus telling you? I don't know. I don't know what he wants you to do. I know some of the Bible. I know what the Bible says about some stuff. I know what Jesus did in my life. I can give you those things. But at the end of the day, you're responsible to press in and follow the Word of God and the Spirit of God on your own, but we do it better together. And all I can do at the end of the day is like, that's sin. How do I know it's sin? This book says so. You shouldn't do that. Why? Because this book says not to do that. Well, what about this? And eh, maybe you should wait. Well, I want to do this right now. And Jesus isn't in a hurry, so be patient. Well, what do you think about this? I don't know. Did you pray about it? No. Just give me the answer. No. Not playing that game. All I do, to the best of my ability, is what Jesus does to me. And that's frustrating. (laughs) But it's through the relationships with the men and women in my life that I can even say that I'm here. Because I can't rest on my relationship with Jesus alone because I'm still a a rebellious, broken sinner that wants to do what he wants to do. And if I wasn't in the authority structure of being under authority and everything was left up to me, this thing would have jumped off the track a year ago. So it's so important that we allow people to help us to grow with Jesus. And it doesn't mean that you have to do everything they say. That's not the point of this. The point of this is is that you need Jesus and you need people. You must listen to Jesus, and you should listen to people. And if that person doesn't align with Jesus, don't listen to him. That I should listen to my authorities, that all authority has been placed here by God, even the ones that we disagree with. Because God's in control, and he uses things to teach us things. We will never understand everything that God does. But when we align ourselves to the best of our ability with the Word of God, and we have a relationship with people, it makes it a lot harder for us to fall back into sin, get back under oppression, because we're under the authority of the Scripture, and we're under the authority of the church, and we have our umbrella in place. And that's all we can really do. There's going to be some rainy days ahead. There's going to be some stormy days. Am I in the boat? Do I have my umbrella? 
or my neck deep in the water. And I don't know where my umbrella went. I'm wondering why I'm wet. And there's times that you can have an umbrella and be in the boat and you still might be a little wet. That's life. But you know what? I'd rather be in the, in the boat with an umbrella, getting a little wet, than anywhere else. My life's gotten so much better. Your lives have gotten so much better as we're learning to live this way. And we're never going to be perfect. But you know what? I can be better. I can be better. I can be better. I'm going to pursue Jesus. I can become more like Christ. I can press in. I can stop making excuses. I can surrender and keep on moving, keep on trucking. We can't ever stop. Some of us might have stopped. Some of us might have paused. Some of us might be weary. Some of us might be tired. Some of us might be plateaued. Get back before Jesus and say, it's time to keep moving. I'm ready. I don't want to be here. I'm ready for change. I need breakthrough. I don't like the way this feels. I'm tired of being a victim. Fill in the blank and say, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready for scripture to change my life. I'm ready for my relationship with Jesus to change my life. I'm ready to gain relationships with people that freak me out. But you know what? I know that if I do it my way, if I keep doing it my way, guess where I'm going to be? Right smack dab right where I am. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. Right? I can make a lot of motion, but nothing really happens. And we're good at that. We're good at getting real busy, getting real distracted, doing a lot of stuff. And all we're really doing is running on a treadmill. And we need to really come before Jesus and say, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? Should I stop doing that? Should I stop doing that? And begin to listen. Well, I'm not hearing Jesus. What's his word say? I don't know. Why? I don't read it. Start there. And I believe that if we put the Word of God in our lives more than we did this year, next year, that if we make a commitment to the Word of God and say, you know what, I'm going to read that thing this year. You know what, I'm going to start building a relationship with somebody this year that's going to help me grow spiritually. Just one person. You connect to one person, you start reading the Word and say, Jesus, I want you to do miracles in my life. And watch what he does with you just with those two tiny commitments. 15, 20 minutes in a book a day and start building a relationship with a human being that is going to help you to grow spiritually and not sinfully. Mm -hmm. And watch what Jesus does. Because he is faithful. He is faithful. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. I thank you that you are faithful to us even when we wander, even when we contradict ourselves, even when we're hypocrites, even when we have a million excuses to do the right thing and we still choose the wrong thing. Why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? Why can't I do the things that I want to do? Our sin nature gets in the way, Lord. Help us to to come before you and, and really deny ourselves and align ourselves with your word and align ourselves with your your presence, Lord, and, and press in and, and chase after you as diligently and as wholeheartedly as we have sin. Lord, in the past, we've connected with people, we've trusted people that we barely even knew. 
Lord, help us to, to, to see the people that you're illuminating in our lives as people that we can trust or people that, that you've placed in our lives, Lord. It doesn't mean that we have to do everything that they say. It's just help us to take a step towards their direction, Lord. Help us to push through all our insecurities and fears, Lord, and, and trust issues and say, you know what? I need people in my life. Help me to grow, Lord. Help me to come into the body of Christ. Help me to come into community, Lord, where it's harder for me to run away. It's harder for me to fall into sin because I'm, I have relationships with people that strengthen me when I am weak. Lord, that we are to bear each other's burdens, Lord, but I'm trying to do this all by myself and I wonder why I can't get free. Lord, help me to understand that when I come under the authority of Scripture and when I come under the authority of the the authority of the church or the authority of, of your godly men and women, Lord, that you're putting a principle in place that produces blessing. It's not about control. It's about understanding I can't do this by myself. I can't do it my way. So Lord, help us to trust that your way is better over and over and over again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.